we give you all the glory. We give you all the praise. He is worthy of our praise. I tell you, the Lord is worthy of our praise. If you can breathe today, if you can walk today, if you can talk today, if you can be able to eat today, ah, the Lord is worthy of our praise. He is the reason why we live. We move in him, we have our being in him. Just as their own points say, we are indeed his offspring. And truly we are. Truly we are. It is only the fool that can look at the majestic, glorious creation of the Lord and still come to a conclusion that there is no God. Only a fool. Good morning. Happy New Year to each and every one of you. It's good to be here. This is the day that the Lord has made. We are to rejoice and be glad in it. I consider this a privilege and an honor to stand here to proclaim God's word to you. And I want to publicly say thank you to Pastor Nate Bishop uh, for this rare privilege. I appreciate it. And if you have your Bibles, I would want you to grab that and be in standing position as we read from Matthew, from the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 8, our reading will begin from verse 23 and we will go through to 27. Matthew chapter 28. As we have our Bibles open, I will take our hearts to the Lord in prayer. Then we'll read God's word. After that, we can take our seats. Father, we come to you in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the very one that we lift up our hands and open up our hearts to worship. We come to you, O God, in heaven bowing our hearts unto you, knowing fully that there is none like you in the heavens and on the earth, and even beneath the earth. And that's why your word tells us that at the mention of your name, every knee would bow in heaven and on earth, and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. We have come, O oh God, to confess that truly Jesus is is Lord and he has authority over the entire universe. He is the very one who has come to deliver us from shame and reproach. He is the very one who has ascended into heavens to prepare that beautiful place for us. He is the very one that we are worshiping, anticipating his return to take us to that beautiful celestial city. A place we would dwell. To give him praise and worship forever and ever. Oh, what a beautiful thing to be a part of. My Lord and my Father. As I stand to proclaim your word. 
I pray, O oh God, that you use me as a vessel or a tool that you will convey your word to your people. Let your word come with power to convict hearts. Let your word come with power to transform lives through the walking of your spirit. Let your word, O oh God, in heaven break those chains of burdens in our lives. Thank you, blessed Father. Please have your way in our lives today. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Matthew chapter 8, verses 23 to 27. The Bible says, as he got into the board, his disciples followed him. Suddenly, a violent storm arose on the sea so that the board was being swamped by the waves. But Jesus kept sleeping. So the disciples came and woke him up, saying, Lord, save us. We are going to die. He said to them, Why are you afraid, you of little faith? Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the sea. And there was a great Come. The men were amazed and asked, what kind of man is this? I love the translation of the version that says, what manner of man is this? I don't know if you know that song. What manner of man is Jesus? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What manner of man is this that even the winds and the sea obey him. Now pray that the Lord will bless his right words in our hearts this morning in Jesus name. Alright, let's take our seats and you know uh, once again, Happy New Year, good to see your faces in 2021. I know that 2020 had so much that a lot of us can tell stories about. And I tell you, when I looked at my family the very night that we waited to see God transition us into 2021. I looked at them and the moment the clock hits 2021 or uh, 12 o'clock, I said to them, praise the Lord, we made it. Now, of course, what I mean is that the Lord made it happen for us. And I tried to draw their attention to the fact that, I mean, it is not our righteousness it is not our smartness. It is not because we are better than those who could not make it. But it is because the Lord Almighty has plans for us. And he wants you and I who are alive today to be a reflection of his glory and his character. In the world that we live that is full of crisis. And so this morning, now I want to take our hearts uh, to a topic that I said is the authority of Christ. Because the text where we have read, if you look at it, now you would know that the text is actually a text that is emphasizing the authority of Christ over a particular thing. And so I would want you to know that Jesus Christ has authority over all situations. All situations. And I would want you to put your absolute trust in him alone. 
Him alone. Just like we sung. We give Him all the glory. Him alone deserves our praise. Him alone deserves our worship. Him alone should you and I trust. Now Jesus in Matthew chapter 5 or chapters 5 to 7, you know, Jesus presents what, what we consider in the Bible as the Sermon on the Mount. And in his Sermon on the Mount, he taught his followers, you know, basic kingdom principles. Now, you know, Jesus being a rabbi, a great teacher, a scholar, you know, sat down and taught his disciples and the other followers kingdom principles and those are basic things that you and I as disciples of Jesus need to know and he was definitely known as a great teacher because of the wisdom that unfolded in his teachings and so Nicodemus rightly puts it that there is no one. In fact, he began by saying in, in John chapter 3 verse 2, Rabbi. And that's what that means. Great teacher. Scholar. There is no one that can do this kind of thing that you are doing unless the person is from God. What an acknowledgement. What a commendation. And truly, that was Jesus. And immediately after, after, you know, chapters 5 to 7, then we have uh, chapters 8 and 9. And in chapters 8 and 9, you see Jesus performing a lot of miracles. And so it's as if, you know, you can, you can come to a conclusion to say that Jesus talked the talk and then he is walking the walk. Because he taught them basic things they need to know about kingdom life and then he began to act in ways that they began to he see his power demonstrated in chapters 8 and 9 Jesus demonstrates that he has authority over diseases because he healed those who were sick and he demonstrated his authority over even his disciples by calling them and asking them to let go, even their family, to follow him. Now I remember one of the disciples even said, can I just go back and bury my... And he said, no, 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 let the dead bury the dead. Jesus demonstrates his authority over disaster and also... He demonstrates his authority over demons. Matthew shows that Jesus has absolute authority in the world that we live in today. And that he wants us to absolutely trust him. That's what we've seen in the book of Matthew. Especially in these passages. And so Jesus wants, irrespective of the, the kind of disaster that you are faced with, irrespective of the kind of disaster that you are encountering even now. It could be storm, or what you can call the storm of life, 
It could be disease. Now, it could be death. I mean, irrespective of that, Jesus wants us to absolutely trust him in 2021 and beyond. He wants us, you and I, to trust him in 2021 and beyond. And so the text where we have read, now if you go to the text, now the specific thing that is in that place is a storm that came upon them when, you know, Jesus and his disciples went into a boat, of course, from Capernaum and trying to cross over to the gatherings or a place where it's called the gathering. And even when they crossed over, Jesus continued his Galilean ministry and he even cast out demons in the life of other people even while they crossed over. Now, but before they were able to cross over to the gatherings, now, there was a storm in a sea, the Sea of Galilee. And that storm rocked them. It came heavily on them while Jesus was asleep. And so, the authority of Christ is demonstrated in what I consider as a fearful situation. And that's what I'm going to take us through. That as we look at that specific thing, it was a fearful situation for them, then I would want us to go through and begin to see that you and I as a believer in Christ Jesus, when we find ourselves in a fearful situation, there is mercy and grace in that situation. And when you find yourself in a fearful situation, put your trust in Jesus Christ alone. And so when they found themselves in that situation, while they were sailing, and that strong wind came upon them in verse 24, the boat was swamped by the waves and, and probably looks like it was going to capsize or overturn. In fact, I love what Mark, you know, describes, because Mark is more of an action man. In the book of Mark, you know, Mark says that, you know, the parts of the boat have started scattering. That's his own description. So just to kind of tell us the, 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 the impact of the storm. So it was not just a kind of a storm that swings the board up and down, but it was so heavy that part of the board has started tearing apart. And that was what brought fear. Fear in the lives of the disciples. So what they did basically was that it appears that, you know, when, when fear gripped their hearts, you know, they had to go to Jesus while he was asleep. They had to wake him up. And so it appears going to Jesus is an indication that, you know, number one, they concluded that they were going to die. In fact, they even mentioned that. Because when they called Jesus, save us. Oh, we die. And the second indication is that none of them have come to this conclusion. None of them knows none of them knows that they are going to save themselves. So what I mean here is that they they discover that they cannot save themselves in that kind of situation. Now, when you find yourself in a terrible situation, 
one thing that comes to mind is you begin to think of your own wisdom. How do I come out of this situation? So they have come to this conclusion that, hey, you know what? We cannot save ourselves in this kind of situation. We have to go to Jesus because we've seen Jesus perform a lot of miracles even before we came on board. And so Jesus should have the solution to this problem. And so they walk him up. And Jesus definitely, according to the story in the Bible, when he woke up, what did Jesus do? He, he calmed the storm and everything was normal. But he actually asked them questions. Where is thy faith? O ye men of little faith. He mentions that there. And I was, I was, I was amazed when I discovered that Peter also mentioned the same thing now even before what Jesus says that when Peter and the disciples were in a boat and Jesus was coming walking on the sea and they saw Jesus they thought he was a ghost and they, there was a fearful situation a ghost coming and then and I think that Peter began to discover that or understands that Jesus is actually the one, and he, he asked a question, Jesus, if you are the one, ask me to come to you. And Jesus says, come. And then he went out of the boat and started walking on the sea. But the text tells us uh, that when, when Peter, in Matthew chapter 14, verse 30, when Peter was kind of shaking because of the wind, the strong wind on the sea, then Peter was afraid, and then he started sinking. And what came out of the mouth of Peter was that, Lord, save me. And Jesus reached out to him and saved him. Now, as we have seen, a fearful situation is a life-threatening situation. When you find yourself gripped with fear, when you find yourself thinking that you are going to die, it means that life is being threatened at that point. A fearful situation brings doubt. Of course, verse 26 tells us that, why are you afraid? Jesus said to them, you of a little faith. And I discovered that fear plus little faith is equal to doubt. Why? Jesus wanted them to trust him even while he was asleep in the boat. But there was fear and there was little faith. In fact, they thought they were going to die. Now, in 2020, a lot of people thought, man, the world has come to an end. As a disciple of Jesus Christ, when you find yourself in a fearful situation, now, you need to know that there is mercy and grace. There is mercy and grace. And that's what I have seen in that situation. When the disciples call on Jesus for salvation, he had mercy. And he was gracious to them. In verses 25, 26. Now, in a fearful situation, definitely merciful and gracious situation abound. Then all that we need to do is to 
call on Jesus in that situation that we find ourselves. A blind man. The story of a blind man in Luke 18 verse 35. Uh, you know, to 43, who heard about Jesus walking and passing by. And he did something that I love so much. If you go to the book of Luke, chapter 18, verses 35 to 43, you know, Jesus approached Jericho. A blind man was sitting by the road begging. And in verse 36, says, hearing a crowd passing by, he inquired what was happening. Jesus of Nazareth is passing by, they told him. So he called out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me in my situation. Have mercy on me. I cannot help myself. I need you to have mercy and extend grace to me. Something that I don't even deserve. Have mercy on me. Be gracious to me. Then those in front told him to keep quiet, but he kept crying out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Now, if you understand his situation, he was a social outcast. He was not supposed to be a part of the society because of his predicament. But when he heard about Jesus, he said, what an opportunity for me. I should better reach out to him. Jesus will have mercy. If the society will not have mercy on me, if the people will not have mercy on me, Jesus is willing to have mercy and extend grace to me. And that's, that's even the kind of situations that we find ourselves in the world today. When society don't have mercy on us, when society rejects us, Jesus is willing to have mercy on us. And Jesus actually said to him in verse 41, what do you want me to do for you? Lord, he said, I want to see. That was his immediate problem that he wanted to see. And, and Jesus said to him, receive your sight. Your faith has saved you. Instantly he could see and he began to follow him, glorifying God, which is the essence of what Jesus did in his life so that Jesus alone would receive the glory and not any other person. And all the people, when they saw it, gave praise to God. And that's why the writer of Hebrews tells us in Hebrews chapter 4, verses 6, I mean 14 to 16, he says that, therefore, since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast, pass to our confession. For we do not have a high priest who has been, you know, who is unable to sympathize with us. We have Jesus who has gone through what we have gone through and is able to sympathize with our weaknesses. He was tempted in every way, yet without sin. And he says, therefore, let us approach the throne of grace confidently, boldly, and we will find grace and mercy 
in the time of need. Beloved, there is grace, there is mercy when you find yourself in a fearful situation. All that you need to do is to reach out to God confidently and call upon him. Lord, have mercy on me. Lord, be gracious to me. Be gracious to me. Now, let, let me give you an example that happened to Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, uh, specifically verses 8 and 9. You know, you remember the story of Paul. Paul said that a thorn was put in his flesh to torment him. And he cried out to God three times to remove this thorn. Remove it away from him. But God says, my grace, my grace is sufficient for you. And my power will be made perfect in your weakness. I tell you, beloved, when you run to God in your fearful situation, he is ever ready to pour out his mercy and to pour out his grace to you. Now, in a fearful situation, trust Christ alone. Trust Jesus to calm the storm. That was what the disciples did. They trusted him. They had to run to him. We cannot save ourselves. He would save us. But they call out to him. Now, I, I think that what, what Jesus expected of them was that for them to have confidence because he was there with them. His presence was there. So, irrespective of that, nature of the storm because Jesus was there, I tell you, Jesus was probably expecting them to believe in him. Everything is going to be alright in the midst of the storm. Everything is going to be alright. But what they did was that they were gripped with fear and they cried out to him, woke him up. And Jesus, of course, honored their cry. Just like you and I, when we run to him, he will honor it. And he will make our joy complete. When we go to him in humility of heart, he would make your joy complete. And that was the kind of situation they found themselves. And so Jesus wanted them to trust him. David in the Old Testament once found himself in that kind of a fearful situation. If you read the story of David and how David has been in different situations in his life. His life was being threatened by King Saul and, you know, and different other people who threatened his life. They wanted to kill him. Uh, and, you know, David in Psalm 34 from verses 1 to 7, he declares, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. I will boast in the Lord. The humble will hear and be glad. Proclaim the Lord's greatness with me. Let us exalt his name together. Why? For I sought the Lord, and he answered me and rescued me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant with joy. Their faces will never be ashamed. He said, this poor man, me, David, this wretched man, this poor man, he says that, I mean, this poor man cried to God, and the Lord heard him and saved him from all his troubles. 
concluded that God sent angels to encamp around him in his fears when his life is being threatened. Now, when you call upon the Lord in the day of trouble, the psalmist tells us, Psalms 50, uh, verse 15, that he would rescue you and he will honor himself. When you call upon him in the days of trouble, and I, I just like, you know, the songs in, 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 in the Psalms. You know, when the songs of Korah let a song that affirms the faithfulness of of God in troubling times and, and, and the need for us believers to trust in God in, in Psalm 46 verses 1 to 3 and then you, you could see uh, the peak of that in verses 7 and 11 where the psalmist says or the sons of Korah say God is our refuge and strength a helper who is always found in times of trouble. I love the versions that we said, my very present help in time of need. Therefore, we will not be afraid, though the earth trembles and the mountains topple in the depths of the sea, though its water rose and forms, just like it happened in, in, in Jesus' time and case with his disciples in the Sea of Galilee. It says, and the mountains quake with its turmoil. In verses 7 and verse, I mean, verses 7 and 11, you know, uh, the sons of Korah said, The Lord of armies is with us. The Lord of armies is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. And so when you find yourself in that kind of situation, you need to know that Jesus' presence is there. Jesus' presence is in the board. And that paints this picture. Of his presence in every situation when his disciple has found himself in that. In Matthew chapter 28 verse 20, Jesus promised us that he would be with us to the very end of age. He would be with us to the very end of age. And reading, reading through, uh, you know, the book of Jerry Bridges in Trusting God, uh, one one quote that captures my heart on, you know, trusting God is, is that Jerry Bridges says that in order to trust God, we must always view our adverse circumstances through the eyes of faith. Irrespective of how and what kind of situation that you find yourself, not the eyes of sense. Sense will fail you when you find yourself in that kind of situation. And just as the faith of salvation comes through here in the message of the gospel, so the faith to trust God in adversity comes through the word of God alone. It is only in the scriptures that we find an adequate view of God's relationship to our painful circumstances and in his involvement in our painful circumstances. It is only from the scriptures applied to our hearts by the Holy Spirit that we receive the grace to trust God in our adversity. And that's why when Pastor Nate talks about, you know, the soap Bible studies, how important some of these things are, that you can study the word and be able to find grace that would enable you to trust God in situations that you, 
you find yourself fearful situations that might arise in your life. In our life as a family, there was this night, my wife, evening time, that my wife came back home and she started complaining about sultras. And she began to complain about body weakness. And all of a sudden, she began to kind of cough. And she said to me, oh my God, I'm sick. I said, what happened? I don't know. And she said, the cough is dry. I cannot understand what's going on. I'm feeling weak all over my body and all of that. And she came to me and said, you know what? I think I have COVID. I said, no, why would you say that? Did you take a test? She said, no. I said, okay, let me take you to one of those, you know, testing points where you can just have a test. Let's see what's going on. And then we went. And then she took a test. And after taking the test, two days later, you know, she was tested positive with a COVID. And looking at where we live, how small the house, the apartment is, and then beginning to wonder how would life look like. Truly, I want to let you know that my wife was so scared today because she knew that so many people died as a result of COVID. And the fear was that she doesn't want our parents to know back at home. Nobody wants to tell anybody about that. She was so scared and was wondering, what will I do in that kind of situation? And I thank God that God gave me the boldness to stand in that. It was my boldness and my courage that made her to stand. I am telling you, when she discovered that I don't care, I told her, well, look at, look, imagine where we live. We are in this together. And I believe that God will bring us out of this stronger. Sleep on the same bed. One bath. We share the same, I mean, toil, <laughs> me and my wife. And it continued. So that helped her and encouraged her. And then we spent time studying the word, encouraging ourselves from the word, praying to God, asking God to have mercy and be gracious to us. Because we are no better than those who are struggling with this disease or this virus. We were not better than them. And God was gracious to us, to be honest with you. Two days later, I went for a test. Mine turned negative. I began to wonder why. I was supposed to get it. <laughs> but it still indicated negative. Praise be to God. The kids, everyone was okay. It was only my wife who struggled for two days. And after that, that's it. But we had to quarantine for three weeks. Three weeks in the house. With the kids, it wasn't easy. It was more like being in the board with all the storms, right? And trusting the Lord to take us over so that we will come out of it stronger. And the Lord was gracious to us in spite of us. The Lord was gracious to us. Now, one of the songs that came to me when I thought about this was this song that is written by some people who said, all my life I have been faithful. All my life you have been so good to me and your goodness is running after. It's running after me. With my life laid down I surrendered now. I give you everything 
And truly that's what the Lord wants us, to give him everything, to trust him. In those fearful situations, brethren, I have come to a point in my life that I have found my soul crying out to God. In its noisiest moment, take me back. You know why? Take me back away from the emptiness of materialism. Take me back away from the confusion of the philosophies of this world. Take me back away from the hate of politics of our time and age today. Away from the sophistication of theology. Take me back away from the shallowness of church legalism. Take me back, oh Lord, away from the frenzy of social media. Back to the days when with the simplicity of a child, my soul believed God for provision and protection. Back to the days when I watched my life more than just my doctrine. Back to the days I loved others regardless of what he or she thought of me. Back to the days where divine approval meant a lot to me than the applause of men. Back to the days when my heart was touched by those things that touched the heart of God. Oh, that my soul would constantly long to go back. Not only in the noisiest moments, but in its quietest as well. And with a cry of an African-American gospel singer, Andre Edward Crouch, I join my voice to say, Take me back. Take me back, dear Lord, to the place where I first received you. Take me back. Take me back, dear Lord, where I first believed. In another word, take, rekindle in me the passion and the zeal that began in me at the point of my conversion. I have come to a time now that I'm beginning to be lukewarm in my Christianity. I have come to a point in my time now that I'm beginning to be cold. Take me back to that point that my zeal was kindled, rekindled in me, that passion and that desire. And let me say that the biggest disaster they had that disaster. But the biggest disaster in the history of humanity is sin. That's the biggest disaster <laughs> in the history of humanity. That's the disaster that can ever remain with you. Unless if something happens to you. Sin brought corruption in the life of man. Sin brought brokenness in the life of man. Sin brought fearful situation in the life of of man, of course, we're talking about fearful situation. We're talking about terrible situation. We're talking about bad situation in the life of man. Sin brought condemnation in the life of man. The only solution to the biggest disaster in the history of humanity is Jesus Christ. He is the answer. He is the solution. He is who you need to deal with the problem. Of sin in your life. No wonder it is said. That the entire world and humanity. Are desperately in need of a savior. And Jesus is that only savior. Scripture tells us. But God. Who is rich in mercy. Loved us. In spite of us. In spite of you. God loved you. He graciously sent his son Jesus Christ. 
His one and only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, to come into this world and to die for our sins. Jesus died to set you free from your corruption, from your brokenness. He died to set you free from your fearfulness. He died to set you free from your hopelessness. He died to set you free from condemnation. Jesus alone is the one that can set you free today and even now. If only you can trust on him. If only you can call upon him to help you to be merciful. Just like the blind man cried out, Son of David, have mercy on me. You can do likewise. Call upon him. Have mercy on me, O Lord. And simply, if you confess him as Lord and believe in your heart his death and resurrection, you will be saved. That's what the scripture tells us. Believe in Jesus Christ and he will set you free from your condemnation. And this is my desire and prayer for you. To trust him all through your life. Let us pray. Father, oh God, we are so grateful for your word. All my life you have been faithful. And I know that is the song of someone out there who is listening to me. All our lives, oh God, you have been faithful. Who are we that you are so mindful of us? That you care so much for us? Who are we? If not for your mercy and grace. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for dying on the cross on our behalf. And I pray for someone out there whose trust and confidence is put upon his smartness. Whose trust and confidence is put upon his ability. Whose trust and confidence is put upon his relationships. Whose trust and confidence is put upon horses and chariots. Oh God, I pray that you would draw that person by the power of your spirit to the point that we will cry out for salvation. That they will cry out for salvation. And Lord, have mercy. I pray that you honor yourself today in the life of someone. Thank you, blessed Savior. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. Amen.